on LinkedIn, the real opportunity there is to bring your prospects, bring your customers into the conversation and use it as an engagement tool to get them bought into what it is that you're offering. Hey, welcome back to another episode of More Than Marketing. I'm your host, Arsha Mirsha, and today I have Charlie Wyman with me from the UK. Uh, we're going to be talking about B2B LinkedIn tips uh, for developing business using LinkedIn. I mean, who is in B2B and not on LinkedIn nowadays? Like, you have to be. doesn't make sense not to be. Uh, Charlie is also expecting in a couple weeks, so huge congrats, Charlie. Thank you for... Thanks for taking the time to be with me today, even though you're, you know, uh, you know, a couple weeks or, or minutes possibly from the hospital and, and giving life. Uh, so thanks for your time. And, and Charlie, I, I see that you've been, uh, you have a very unique background. You were talking earlier, you know, engineering uh, and then into marketing and then business development, sales. And now you've created your own course for, um, for people to, it sounds like, you know, learn how to most effectively use LinkedIn uh, to generate business. Is that, that's right? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, yeah. I, I saw a real gap in the market. There were lots of people teaching you how to generate leads on LinkedIn, um, mm. but there weren't very many people that were actually showing you the full process, which is, okay, once you've generated those leads, how do you then close them into sales? Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so oh, I thought, which, also focused on building your authority in your industry, in your niche, or your niche for your, if you're listening yeah. to these days. <laughs> um, yes. Because uh, for me, it's all about building authority and setting yourself up as the go-to expert. And okay. uh, my, I kind of, I developed an accidental personal brand. I didn't know what a personal brand was uh -huh. when I was working as a marketer, as a salesperson in, in business development. And then I realized, oh wait, okay, there's a huge amount of power in employees having their own personal brand, as well as CEOs, as well as C-level executives for mm. business development and also for sort of sales leadership too, so. Sure, yeah, you don't, uh, I mean, if you're a B2B service company, a lot of times what you see is that the owners uh, or, or the C-level, whatever, they, uh, they will have the, the authority, they'll have the, the, um, the presence, and then they'll be the, the, main, rain, the main rainmaker uh, in, in when it comes to business development. But it sounds like you're saying, hey, look, and, and it makes sense. I mean, you know, if you're in business development, you, if you're in sales or business development, like you have to be, um, you know, using LinkedIn among other tools, and your course teaches you how to create that authority. Is that right? Can you tell me a little bit about your background, though? Because we were talking before, and it was really interesting, engineering to... Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's a very colorful background. Uh, so I, I studied engineering at university. I uh, yeah. very quickly learned that I was not going to become an engineer. Um, <laughs> I was way more interested in the way that humans behaved, uh, what motivated them, uh, yeah. what made them do things um but i wasn't really in a great place at the time so i left i did two years at university then i left and i moved to uh, italy set up my very first business which was making and selling um olive oil oh, so cool. i guess that was kind of my first experience of uh marketing which was kind of um yeah, I, I created this brand. I'd entered the oil into awards. We won awards. I was selling wow. it in market stores and delis and things like that. And pretty much figuring it out as I went along. I didn't know what I was doing. You're wearing you're wearing every hat. I mean, you had to do everything. When you're in your own business, you have to 
you know, you have you're the salesperson, you're the marketer, you're the product person, you're the HR, you're, you're everything, right? Exactly. So that was a lot of fun, but it, uh, I had a really bad relationship with learning. So I was, you know, kind of typical engineer, <laughs> thinking mm -hmm. I could do it all myself. Mm -hmm. um, so it, I mean, it was great. I was 20. It was, um, it was a lot of fun, but I wanted to go back into industry and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to do more. So mm. I then found myself working for uh, grant funding in innovation projects in healthcare and sports. And then I was offered a job, it was just on the off chance, um, mm. offered a job for an engineering company um, as their marketing assistant. Mm. So That's I, it. Yeah, so I accepted the job. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the industry because we were selling to uh, surveyors and uh, the mining industry. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about the product, which was laser scanning technology. And you're not classically trained as a marketer. <laughs> no, exactly. Right? Right. <laughs> that might be actually a good thing, frankly. You know I what? Know. I do genuinely believe that the fact that I'm not a trained marketer has worked to my advantage. I believe um, that. My my attitude to life is all about um, helping other people and yeah. about, you know, if somebody has a question, find how you can answer that question or how mm -hmm. you can help them with whatever problem that they have. Add so, value before extracting it. Exactly. So I was traveling around the world to all of these uh, sales conferences, uh, these marketing conferences and things, and mm -hmm. trying to um, understand a bit more about what people really wanted. Mm -hmm. And what I ended up doing was creating this like accidental personal brand, as I said before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, how did that happen? I know, so everybody kept coming to me for inquiries. And huh. um, my boss at the time, he said to me, he was just like, you know, you're the best salesperson in the company. <laughs> no. I was like, well, I think I was 24. Uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't know I'm doing sales. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking, looking like I do, playing in a very, very sort of like male-dominated no, male uh, world. Uh -huh. And I was like, I don't want to be a salesperson. Like, uh -huh. I, like, I had this awful view of what salespeople look like, which was completely incorrect. And he said to me, he was just like, you know what? Sales is all about developing relationships and finding the right product or the right solution for mm -hmm. a problem for a person and as long as you're honest and as long as you're doing the right thing then you'll go far and that was a kind of like a really really good piece of advice and yeah so within two and a half three years I went from marketing assistant to head of global sales and marketing uh, got involved in setting up the offices in Australia in North America in South Africa um, wow. was there for six years and then I moved and I got a job as head of marketing for a company that served the global shipping industry did that for a year and then I kind of came to that realization that I thought you know what I could help a huge amount more people if I did this as a consultant sure. and I did this as a trainer so it kind of gave me the motivation to go out on my own and create uh, my own program if you like based mm -hmm. on my own experience mm -hmm. because I knew sort of what what could help people um, which is where we're at today. <laughs> I love it what a cool background I love that and it sounds like to your point, like it, it kind of happened naturally just by you being you, being authentic, being yourself, uh, trying to just help people solve their problems before they even paid you, right? Yeah, so exactly. Because my, my ethos in life generally is to just be really curious about yeah. what's going on around you and yeah. to never be afraid of putting yourself in front of an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a uh, prime example of that, I was talking to somebody yesterday, uh, was that I was in South Africa at a conference and uh, we just employed a new salesperson and they had this opportunity to go and demonstrate this new product down the world's deepest gold mine. Oh, 
Cool. And she didn't like being underground. So she was kind of like approaching this in a really negative place. And I was like, you're so lucky. I was like, I'd love to do that. Right, right, right. My boss at the time just thought I was, I'd had a few too many glasses of wine. (laughs) Uh, uh, The next day he just said, if you want to go, change your flight and go with her. Wow. Wait, so so I you, aren't you like 30 some or 30 some months pregnant and you were just in the. Oh, no, no, that, no, no. That, that was this, this was about four years ago. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I was like, holy smokes, like quit drinking wine and going down deep <laughs> mind shafts when you're <laughs> right. Like <laughs> it's kind of. Uh, yeah, I just love I love opening myself up to new opportunities. And uh, I'm the sort of person that will figure out a way, even if I've never done it before or mm-hmm. even if. I, I don't know how to do it. I'll know that I can figure it out. Yeah, I think that's a great attitude to have. And I think like that kind of parlays into, hey, look, if I'm if I'm new to biz dev or if I am um, even a marketer, I need to understand what you said curiosity. I really like that. I believe that um, uh, sales is the customer of marketing. Right. So if you're in a B2B organization, product or service, doesn't really matter. You have a marketing team, you have a sales team. Maybe they're one person each or maybe they're 100 people each. Doesn't matter. The point is, traditionally, what you see is is sales and marketing kind of butting heads. Right. You know this. You're nodding your head. But I think that if marketing can be more curious about uh, about the sales process, about the life of a sales rep or a business development person, um, and I think if, if the salespeople can be more empathetic to uh, and, and open-minded to let those marketers in, um, you know, add a little dose of curiosity in there, and, and you, you have this alignment, not this butting of heads. So, I that's I'm trying to preach that, and it sounds like you agree with that. How does your uh, course help with that, and and what tips do you have for you know? developing business using LinkedIn, not just leads, but it sounds like, I know that's open-ended. The challenge with with a lot of people on LinkedIn is that they they look at each different part of the process Mm -hmm. rather than the customer journey as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I preach this all the time, but I kind of add an extra layer, which is customer service, because I feel if you look at marketing sales and customer service as a whole, Mm. you get this real deep understanding of what your customers um, are, are like, because in order to be an effective marketer, especially in B2B, you need to be able to demonstrate your authority in your market. So they know you, you're the best at what you do, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the ins and outs, and you are the go to person. And you also want to demonstrate your empathy in your market, you want to sure. tell your customers that you understand their problems, you understand their challenges, and you have the right solution for them. But from right. a marketer's point of view, if sales and customer service are not communicating with the marketing team, then what you find is that you have a marketing team that's essentially going in blind, that's second guessing the market, that's second guessing the customer base, and trying to um, figure out what language to use, um, mm-hmm. how to say it, how to present it, mm-hmm. and to do it in a very generic way. And and, and then they, they lack confidence when they don't have that. But to your point, they second guess, and they, then they lack that confidence, and that probably comes through in the in the messaging and the in the copy that they use. And I think as well, like a confidence hit with that as well is that, especially in my experience, is that sales teams are quite 
ruthless in saying that marketing is not providing them with what what it is that they need but they're not very good at actually articulating exactly what it is that they need Mm. so you've got marketing getting frustrated because they want to do a good job but they're not really quite meeting the needs of of the sales team and then you've got sales getting really frustrated because they know what they need to send to their customers but they can't communicate it in a way that marketing Mm. can respond to so help us solve this, Charlie. Like, what do we do? I mean, what what is what is the 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 antidote or the silver bullet, so to speak? What? How do you right? Like, I mean, what do you? To be to be brutally honest, the silver bullet to this is to not have a head of sales or a head of marketing. Is to have have a head of sales and marketing. Mm, and love it get everybody talking and again mm. it's not just sales and marketing it's also customer service because right. customer service deal with the uh, the questions the support and mm-hmm. there is so much insight that you can learn from the customer there's service. so much content sitting in in both the sales and the and the customer service departments you know it's not necessarily created yet but the the basis the foundation the seeds for it are there you know like like, because otherwise, what's marketing doing? If they're not talking to sales and, and, and service, what are they doing? They're doing keyword research. They're looking at what competitors are writing about. And that's the basis, right? Or they're like, hey, what's hot in our industry? We're going to write about that or we're going to create content around that. Um, whereas if they're talking to sales, they're learning the objections that they're hearing. And talking to customer service, they're hearing about features that, you know, that could that they want or they enjoy. Now they can use that in their in their advertisements in their uh you know blog posts in their service whatever in their website so there's i i think there's there's a ton of content sitting in the hills but this is not linkedin specific and i I really want to pick your brain on linkedin stuff okay cool so yeah if if i can absolutely so from a linkedin's point of view um Again, everybody looks at LinkedIn from a lead gen point of view. And it's, okay, how many uh, connections can I collect? Uh, How many potential customers can I add into my network? And if you just see LinkedIn as a lead generation platform, you will be missing out on so many different opportunities um, that that you can use it for. And uh, one of the, well, rather, in, in my experience, the biggest lever for LinkedIn is your ability to nurture and follow up with existing prospects mm-hmm. and also to be able to convert existing customers into fans, advocates, and referral partners. Mm-hmm. Because you have this ability to communicate with a community of people that you're serving. Mm-hmm. Why not do that over email, though? Out of care. I mean, couldn't you nurture them over email? Huh? You, can, you can do it over email, but I find emails very formal. And an email, generally, people automatically presume that you're asking something of them when you send them an email. I can see that. Uh, the other thing about B2B marketing is that it's generally very um, very robotic, very corporate. <laughs> and a lot of B2B marketers, uh, I, don't, I don't believe they do this intentionally, but they, um, they talk at their audience mm-hmm. rather than with their audience. Mm-hmm. So on LinkedIn, the real opportunity there is to bring your prospects, bring your customers into the conversation and use it as an engagement tool mm-hmm. to get them bought into what it is that you're offering. And That's instead, good. instead of just going onto LinkedIn, screaming from the rooftops about how amazing your products and solutions are, mm-hmm. use LinkedIn as that tool that you can go and you can say, look, here are all the problems that my industry is facing and here's how we solve them. Mm-hmm. But here's how we solve them together. Mm-hmm. What do you think? 
What about some specific examples? I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe I can take my best customer and start. Um, okay, so we have we're an agency. We have several customers, right, and uh, our clients. So one of the ones that we're getting like the best result for, right? We can go and like I can email them. Hey, look at these results. Oh yeah, those are fantastic. But like, how do I then parlay that into? Because I want to I want to make that person on the other end my client i want to make them my advocate right my evangelist but how do i do that on linkedin without kind of looking i guess tacky maybe or cheesy i don't you so see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's isolating specific points that mm-hmm. people care about the most mm-hmm. so i'll use it as an example um i used to sell uh, mobile mapping equipment so laser scanning equipment to map roads and highways railways bridges that sort of thing Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big problems in the market was that surveyors traditionally had to go and measure roads by mm. either closing the road at night and working at night, mm. which meant that the um, the surveying company had to pay to close the road and then pay their staff overtime to work at night. Mm-hmm. Or they had to uh, block off sections of the road, work in the daytime, and then it was a safety risk to their staff, which again... Sure posed a a financial risk as well. So if you have a look at the problems that the the target market, so that was the surveying company, were facing, and you isolate each problem in turn. So staff safety is one of them. But you talk about how you can use mobile mapping equipment to keep your staff safer on the road. Uh You're not Uh talking about the benefits of... um, you're not talking about the features of the mobile mapping equipment. You're not talking about mm-hmm. the benefits, but you're talking about the fact that it solves a specific problem. Yeah. And it really helps that surveying company be better to their staff, which is something that they worry about. It keeps them up at night. Sure. And something that when things go wrong, it costs them a lot of money. Yeah. So instead of bombarding them with lots of information about loads of different features, loads of different benefits, you're pinpointing one specific problem and talking about that. And then going deep on that, maybe. Exactly. Like creating, and, then, right. and, and then talking about something different, which is, you know, um, if you were able to survey during the day without closing the roads, you don't have to pay your staff overtime and you don't have to then close the road and pay the council to close the road. And those are benefits. And then now you're going into benefits. And, and that's good. I mean, you should be talking about benefits and not features. right? But it's, it's isolating the benefits as well. It's not it's kind first of you isolated, yeah. saying, here's a massive list of everything right, right, that I can right. help you with. Right. It's kind of going, it's drip feeding one at a time these like sort of these these clear pain points that people face and yeah. talking about them in a way that means something to them in a way that grabs their attention so um one of the the biggest mistakes that i see is that a lot of companies will try and market to multiple market verticals at the same time yeah it's true so another case in point was that two different market verticals won't respond to the same imagery they won't always mm. respond to the same language um yeah. And the same, even if the benefits are the same, the language and the imagery is really important. Mm-hmm. So it's about on LinkedIn anyway, it's about being very strategic into your approach. So if you're mm-hmm. using LinkedIn for business development, say, right, okay, this month I'm targeting the, mar- the mining industry and I'm going to mm-hmm. go hard on mining. I get it. So all of my imagery, all of my communications, my language, and my uh, connections approach, so I'm going to target specific people in the mining industry, it's all going to be consistent. Yes. And then I'm going to then pivot and then do something else because B2B, commonly, you think, all right, well, I can can benefit so many different industries, so many different people, and they go huge right from Mm -hmm. the word go. Too big, too fast, yeah. 
rein it back. <laughs> just niche. You know, get back to to the the basics. Like, how many conversations do you need to start from a business development point of view? Mm-hmm. You know, how valuable is your customer to you? Mm-hmm. And take that into account when you are spending that time starting those conversations. Right. Because a lot of people just go right. How do I scale this? Yeah. You can't scale relationship building. That's true. It's that's impossible. true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because it's one to one. It's human, right? Like I can't. Right. I mean, maybe you could if you high value equipment, services, uh, or whatever. Then you know that extra care and attention will a help you close the deal faster, mm-hmm. and it will show that you care. Tradition is going to have a long sales cycle, so you know there is yeah. I love this idea of, of uh, you know choosing a niche. I'm using it niche, not niche. <laughs> it is niche. It's, that's the I think that's the correct way. Uh, yeah, choosing like a niche and and hitting it hard for a month or even a quarter, honestly. I mean, or, or two quarters, like whatever it takes to really um, really get the the message out there. And and even to your point, even uh, if you have a niche and you've pinpointed a target benefit, I mean, there's probably or target uh, a problem. There's probably a ton of content or a ton of different imagery and, and language or messaging and creative uh, that would uh, that might or might not resonate with a particular person, right? So so there's so there's just a ton of content. We call that um, content theming, and 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 uh, content theming around and in this case content theming around uh, a problem. It could be around a benefit. It could be around a feature, but I think it's most impactful when it's around a problem and, and how your solution solves that. Or if not like your particular solution, like the general solution, like you had other competitors that sell 3D mapping, you know, equipment. You didn't. You don't necessarily have to come out and say like it's ours and ours only. You come out and say like you know, 3D equipment helps. There, 3D mapping helps with this or solves this in this way. Yeah, and you know what? When you do it in that way, and you talk about the uh, the problems and the solutions, you are the person, you are the individual that works for the company mm. that's remembered for talking about that particular thing. Yeah. And the key thing to remember is that nobody cares about the technology or how you actually help them with that problem. Yeah. And a lot of companies just feel like they need everything needs to be branded up, everything needs to be named for the the uh, the product name, the company, and it, it comes across as very promotional and spammy. Whereas if you talk about it just in terms of product, uh, sorry, problem and solution, people will remember you and the company that's being helpful. Charlie, you're so you're so right because like I go on LinkedIn and and, and not just LinkedIn, I mean, around networking around, you know, around my uh, local area, right? And people don't, people will email me or, or reach out to me on LinkedIn and say, hey, I have this, you know, digital marketing idea or problem or, or whatever. Um, and and I thought of you, or I have this website thing, and I thought of you. They don't say I thought of web mechanics. They say I thought of you, you know? And they, and they want, because at the end of the day, you know, we say B2B, but it's really P to P, right? It's people to people at the end of the day. So I think I think that's what you're saying here is like, you know, brand yourself as the person who is is has identified and the problem and is and is solving it. And it's you who's going to be remembered. It's you they're going to reach out to. They're not going to. It's not going to be like, hey, Charlie's talking about uh, this problem and, and the benefit. And oh, okay, let me go see who she works for, and then let me go to their site and and call their number. No, I'm going to reach out to Charlie. Yeah, but people, you know? people do remember company names though. 
I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying that that when they go to reach out, like if you're only well, like the person that you remember first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People do associate because so the the more it's that kind of concept of being relentlessly helpful. Mm-hmm. So that's good. The more you can be identified as that authority. Uh, more importantly, that trusted authority. Mm-hmm. Because again, salespeople have this really bad reputation in the, in the in whatever industry that they're only interested in selling you their product or their right, solution. Right. Yeah, that's the reputation. When, if you can develop a reputation for yourself in that you don't care about what product or solution you're pushing, you just care about giving the customer the right solution and pointing mm-hmm. them in the right direction, then you may not win that sale there and then, but you'll have earned their respect. They'll talk about you to other people and then more often they'll come back to you at a later date. Yeah. So it has a long-term marketing benefit to the company. You're leaving a really good impression. And remember you and the company that you work for as well. So you don't it need is. to force the company name or the product name down people's throats. Right. People don't care about that. Yeah, they don't. They care about the solution. They care about their problem, their, you know, their, uh, their itch being scratched, so to speak, right? Their, their problem being solved. And if a person can do that and, and they work for some company, then that's great. I think this is um, what I say about social media in general, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, or whatever. Um, you have to be active first and foremost. You have to be on there like doing things, right? Uh, you know, commenting, liking, and posting. Um, but then, more importantly, you have to add value. If you're just in there shoving down your features and benefits and your logo and your brand and, you know, and that's not adding value, right? So I think what you're saying here is, hey, if you add value, if you add value first, be relentlessly helpful, um, the the value will come back to you naturally. That's what it sounds like. That, I love and, it. And bring, bring your market into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Talk yeah. with them, not yeah, at them. Not at them. Nice. So like that's like at tagging. So Charlie, unfortunately, I have I put a limit on these podcasts. So I want them to be, you know, only uh, you know, less than 30 minutes. So my time is coming up. I want to go into uh, like more tactical things like how do you, uh, you know, bring, you know, how do you bring them in like tactically, like on LinkedIn? Like do you at mention them? Do you create a group or what do you do? Not for this episode, but maybe for another one, if you'd be willing to yeah, Join. absolutely. Now, if if the listeners want to take your course, how do they find that? Uh, so I um, I have a free training webinar. Um, awesome. Or rather, I will by the time this podcast is released, I will have a free <laughs> training webinar which runs on autopilot. <laughs> okay. Um, up until now, I've been doing it live. Um, Good for you. And so yeah, so my approach is always deliver loads of value, and then you know if you want to learn more, then I'll give you the options to do uh-huh. that. So my website. Uh-huh. Sorry. Go ahead. Your website is, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my website is charliewyman.com. So charlie with an I-E, Wyman, W-H-Y-M-A-N. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a link on there. I've got a free blueprint, which walks you through my entire process for using LinkedIn for B2B lead generation and sales. And then, yes, I do have a, a free training webinar, which, um, you know, if you feel like it's all salesy, then tell me. Um, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I hate Shoot. that. You, know, you sign up to a webinar and you just sold to instantly. I know, like, oh. I know. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a free training webinar. And then there are, you know, offers at the end of it if you'd like more help um, and more support. Um, but, yeah, as, as you said, I am due to have a baby in a couple of weeks. So right. at the moment, I'm very much relying on my automated uh, processes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but I will be keeping an eye on my... Uh, 
uh, you know, sort of LinkedIn and everything like that. Sure, sure, sure. So we'll put that, we'll put Charlie uh, Wyman in, in the show notes. So free tools, free webinar uh, to add value first. If you like that and you like her free tools, you know, she's got a paid tool that, hey, if you like all the free stuff and it adds a ton of value, imagine if you paid her what would happen, right? So, Charlie, thank you so, so very much for your time. Congratulations again. Uh, appreciate you. All my listeners out there, hopefully you found this helpful. Um, like, subscribe, share this with a friend. Share it on LinkedIn, actually. That's what you really need to do. And, Charlie, thank you again. Um, congrats. Hope you have a, a great delivery and happy, healthy baby and family. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>